Welcome to the uh, Good Day Sir podcast, a quarterly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Maybe we should do the thing where we uh, remember that original episode where we like introduced ourselves. Maybe I'll just do it all over again. <laughs> just start from scratch. <laughs> I wonder if we just dropped the original, or at least like the first part of that original episode in, like as a new episode, if people would even notice. Episode zero or episode one? Oh, that's a good question. I guess one, because I don't even think zero exists, does it? It, it? it exists. It does? I have it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I got to turn this down a little bit. My monitor's a little loud. I'm hurting my eardrums. Well, John, what you been up to, man? I know I just saw you a few days ago. Yeah, it, that's a hard question to answer because I don't know what I haven't told you. Well, what what was I not letting you talk about the other day? Because I knew we would talk. Oh, crap. Now I don't remember. Ah. <laughs> no, we'll just start the show and I'll I'll get to it. I'm I'm sure it'll pop in my head as a rant that I wanted to make. Yeah. Um, actually, I do. I do kind of remember it. Okay. You want to lead off with it? I mean, sure. It's Salesforce. I don't know if you, you know. We don't normally lead off with Salesforce stuff. We usually talk about everything else. No, this is Salesforce. good because then we, we won't get the nasty complaints about us not talking about Salesforce. So, yeah, let's do it. Um, it's it, The fact that we're recording is something. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we should get credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I did run it by our investors, by the way, and they said they weren't worried about the quantity of, of episodes. They were interested in our potential for quantity of episodes. Our future growth. I don't know what that means. Our market cap. Our market cap. Of episodes. Okay. (laughs) Our total addressable market. Our TAM. Yeah. I I really don't like this modern, modern economics. It's so horrible. And maybe it's always been like this and I've only just been recently paying attention. But the fact that companies that don't produce or sell anything are valued in the billions against industries that have been, been around for decades and are selling and producing revenue and are, are following all the rules, but then you have some some tech startup that 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 does some really fancy demos on a product that does not exist, and they're valued in, in the billions. And these guys are raking in billions. Yeah, or the companies that you know they've they've got all these billionaires and millionaires, but they they the company itself doesn't uh, make any money, and so they don't yeah. pay any taxes. That's, right. that's a good one. Right? That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> cool trick. Yeah. Cool trick, bro. But they say all the right things. They got all the right events. Oh, yeah. They 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 plant just the right number of trees. <laughs> yes. And what is the right number, John? A trillion. One trillion. One trillion. Yeah. You've, yeah. Uh, you're, on, you're on brand, John. I am. Good. Good job. Got to save the planet. <laughs> got to hack the planet, too. Did you figure out what your topic was, or are you just, like, vamping until you remember? I was having a conversation, but sure, I'll get into okay. it. Uh, I, just, I wanted to get into uh, how... It's it's it was a bit of a complaint because I was having some issues with the Salesforce documentation recently, and you know they've they've kind of revamped it. I think this is part of a eat your own dog food initiative because I think they're all Lightning based now. They're all kind of homegrown documentation sites now, um, which is fine. Um, there was an indexing issue this week that was causing some search issues, and and on some of the document documentation, it's it's fixed, and some of them it's not, or it might be by now, or by the time you're listening to this, mm, okay. it might all be fixed. Um, but this, this comes up every time it's a common theme where something goes wrong and there, there are plenty of people that we know that are trying to help or get the feedback to the right people in terms of listening for the fans Yeah. in terms of, uh, uh, who can help solve the problem, which I always appreciate, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to knock that, but 
and maybe this is just enterprise software in general, but it just seems so siloed and so disjointed and so that's not my team. I'll go see if I can ping someone on that team to try to address this issue. And when you look at the documentation, I feel that as a developer, I don't know if I'm in the right spot. Am I in the Apex documentation? Am I in the Lightning documentation? Am I in the API documentation? And sometimes there's so much overlap that you do end up on the other. I'll be in LWC and I'll try to figure out what the what data structure is being passed back by a certain API call. You'll click on the link and it sends you over to the actual REST API documentation that has the information for that class. And sometimes it's interchangeable and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not the same. So it's just it's just this really weird world where I don't really know where I'm at or what I'm doing half the time. That was me. Sorry. How do I how do I turn that off? <laughs> do not disturb. How do you go to do not disturb on a Mac? Click on the clock. I think the or... clock. Yeah. No. I get. I just. Oh, do you have like a little toggle switches next oh, to your? I do. What is that? Yeah. Click on that and then there's focus. Ah, uh, that's is a control center. I'm still see. I'm still getting used to this new um, operating system. I was like two. I was almost three behind. <laughs> um, you finally caught focus, up. Do not. There we go. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. I finally caught up. And all my VPNs work. Anyway, that's we'll get to that topic in a little bit. Yeah. So, anyways, I, it was just more of this thought process of is it is it the right thing to do? I remember I remember one of my biggest um, pros for Salesforce was that they had really good documentation. If I needed to know how to do something, I knew exactly where to go. I knew how to find it. They yeah. were very, it didn't, didn't give you a lot of examples on how, but it right. documented the things you need to know really well. And I, I think you have to say that, and I know you've had uh, some trouble recently, but like in general, I mean, they still have pretty good documentation. Um, they do. I mean, I would probably and it's say publicly like, accessible, which is another thing. Bingo. You don't have to, you know, log into your Oracle net account or whatever, right. and then, you know, sign the latest agreement and update your payment address and I'll, you know, just to get access to documentation. Yeah. But it is getting a little bit more difficult to find things, I think, just because the nature of the system being so big and the nature of how they're structured internally with, with so many different teams owning different pieces of, of, of that domain. I just. Well, it's tough, man. Um, that, that's the tough thing about having a giant company that's gotten as big as, as they are. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to divide and conquer. I mean, people, you have to split teams into teams, and those teams into smaller teams, and then those teams into smaller teams, and then it, then it's like then everything becomes a God. I've been on a VPN this whole time. Wow. Oops. Sorry about that, client, and your bandwidth. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. So it becomes, you know. What, what, uh, it, becomes a, no, it becomes a communication problem and that this is why this this kind of all goes back to also a mythical man month and because you just add as you grow you add all these communication points and mm -hmm. the amount it the thing grows exponentially it grows it doesn't grow linearly like the amount of communication you have to do and so it just becomes very very difficult it also kind of reminds me of conway's law uh, is that right is it conway's law yes the design organizational design Hang on. Let me see. Let me read this. Okay. Conway's Law is an adage stating that organizations design systems that mirror their own communication structure. Mm, yeah. I could see that. So it's it's tough. Um, you know, Amazon's been pretty pioneering in some of their – the way they communicate, the way they run meetings, the way they the, – how big they let teams get and all that kind of stuff. It's mm -hmm. really interesting. If, I'm, it's it's got to be a book on that. Someone should write a book if they haven't. I'm sure, they, I'm sure there is. It's interesting to study Amazon in general, yeah, because they tend to break some of these rules. I would, I would probably, I don't know much about, I don't follow Tesla that closely, but they've got to surely have 
broken all kinds of rules too in 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 good and probably bad ways oh i'm sure they've broken rules i'm not sure if they've documented it all <laughs> yeah but there's a lot but, been a lot of writing on on amazon and kind of analysis of some of their interesting um yeah. just different ways of doing things yeah like well, make, it, like making employees cry at their desks all the time <laughs> and, all that, and pee in bottles oh god <laughs> yeah See, that's the problem. The Salesforce documentation team, they're just taking time to go to the bathroom and we can't have that. You know, you guys, come on, get, get some bottles. <laughs> well, what, what I also learned from this experience of just trying to get through the documentation is you don't normally have to go that deep into the documentation when something is well-known and well-documented. Where you do end up going deep is when something's not documented because you end up trying to search everything, trying to find if you missed anything. Yeah. Uh, in my case, I'm trying to do the good, the right thing in building this custom UI that I'm building, and I need access to the fields that that a admin configured for lookups. So when you go into lookup and you do a search, and you you it, uh, when you do the search, it gives you the name. What kind of lookup are you talking about? Because you were talking about search layouts the other day. Is it search layouts? It's all. It, it's, that's the other thing. Because search layouts, the metadata also, hierarchy uh, is weird. Yeah. There's layouts, and then there's search layouts, and then there's like a default layout. But then yeah. within that, there's there's a lookup dialogue layouts mm. and the search layout, which is I think what gets re, was was it the layout that's used by Global Search. Yeah. But lookup dialogues has its own set of fields, and I'm just like I I just needed access to the lookup dialogue fields. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I can find it. I couldn't get it anywhere. Now there is a way to get it through the REST API. But I can't use that because I can't cross the domain of LWC over to Apex. And I'm talking about trying to use the, the current user session domain. Yeah. But this is also a package thing. And I don't remember if, if the REST API requires you to have API access and an admin mm -hmm. account. And I'm like, I just, yeah. it's too big of a risk to stick that in my package. Yep. I just want to describe call in Apex or even in LWC that will let me figure out what fields and layouts that I need so that I can let admins be admins and do the things they need to do. And my app can follow suit. And yes, I said my app. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, this is all, this is all part of a long thread of a story and I'm going to keep going because my initial root cause is, um, well, it's not really a root cause. It's the other thing I was struggling with is the fact that, and I know this is going everywhere, but that my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop, and I'm gonna tell you a story. When I was, when I was working for that company in ISV, story I, time. I um, inherited this code base. Yep. And it was a code base that was originally built on Apex and Visual Force, and they spent a ton of money and a ton of time converting it to LWC, or to Aura at the time. Mm -hmm. And one of my, one of my knocks that I gave it, or one of the the cons that I gave it when I did my analysis of that application was that the the front end UI, the Aura components, knew way too much about the back end system. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, we call it was that a, coupling, right? It was a very, very heavy, fat client. And this is one thing I don't like about SPA applicators, or SPAs, whatever you want to call them. And it's, it's one of the reasons I hate the web as a platform, because <laughs> you have so much, you have so much uh, of your... I love, your, I love a good anti-web rant from John. <laughs> well, I mean, what, it's getting worse, because at least with Visual Force and, and Apex... The lines were pretty clear. I mean, you're basically in a, what is it, MVC framework for the most part. Um, although it was mainly VC framework for most of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, none of these things are usually clearly just one exact. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a combination of MVC and MVP and MVV, MVVM and MVP model view, view or model. Or, <laughs> that was the, that was the one I liked the model view, view model. 
That's not oh, confusing yeah. at all. That was a Microsoft thing, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. I think they did I the forget. MVV thing. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, it's been painful because as I'm trying to leverage more LWC stuff, so leverage the get record because that gives you a certain amount of advantages. So when something, something changes on the record, your components that depend on field values from that record automatically get updated and refreshed and you can, you can key off that. So I was trying to do that. Yep. Um, but because I'm trying to build for an application and build more dynamic UIs to take advantage of what the admins have configured, I'm using uh, the APIs for getting some of the metadata. Well, some of the metadata I get from the um, from those APIs are different than what you would get in Apex in certain ways. And I don't have all the answers to where it's different, but there's just, there's just enough nuances there that I can't treat them the same or treat them interchangeably. Okay. But that I've noticed that now my client's really heavy because not only have I downloaded the metadata to say what what is this object's fields, what is its capabilities, and all that kind of stuff. That means I'm putting more logic into that front end in terms of validation and and layout creation and all the kind of stuff to kind of kind of structure everything the way it needs to be. And my controller classes are looking extremely light. Maybe that's a good thing for some people, but for me, I just feel like it's just too much on the client side. The client is doing way too much. And I've noticed that Salesforce on custom UIs, sometimes it takes a good half minute, if not a minute to load. Like you'll just stare at a blank screen. It hasn't even tried to launch my component. It's just, it's just trying to read it all in, I think, or cache it in. Uh, you said half a minute? Sometimes it feels that way. It, I, I, I've literally sat there and watched the screen and clicked refresh because I thought it broke or it didn't do anything but technically it was still trying to load in the ui period i mean i, I wonder if that has anything to do with you know the fact that it's a custom app or anything because i mean no I mean, half, because this half is the time normal salesforce screens do that to me john so well that's what i mean okay I, i've seen it on custom tabs where it's just been a, uh, a lightning component and i've seen it on detail records when i'm trying to access them where it just kind of hangs and it just doesn't do anything there's no yeah. there's no loading screen there's no nothing there's no header it's just you have the global header, and then you've got this blank area where the where that page's app, app should be, you know, native, custom, all that kind of stuff, and it's not there, hmm. and it's taking forever to load. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the root cause of that. I don't know if it's just the framework, if it's if if it's some new feature that's got a bug in it. I, I do look at the the console, and the console is always throwing errors all the time. If you if you open up your console and point just point and click around in LWC. I'm sorry, in, in the UI, and you'll see a bunch of errors, warnings and errors and all this kind of stuff just popping up everywhere. Yeah. Even on pages that don't have custom stuff. That's weird. It just, it just well, sounds like this thing's <sighs> leaking everywhere. <laughs> Title. <laughs> it's, just, I mean, it's just leaving a little trail of piddlies. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is more of just kind of a rant because I've been trying to build this custom UI. I've been trying to do the respectful thing and respect the admin's configuration and also make it easier for myself because I don't have if if I'm using the admin's configuration, I don't have to build a configuration tool for that thing. Yeah. Um but it just it just seems like it's harder and harder. And with me trying to leverage as much of the lightning APIs and components that I have been, it's gotten really heavy. And I and I mean, I've I've gone deep on the on the lightning stuff as of late. I've 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 implemented um, all sorts of messaging systems between components, child components, and app components, and messaging and sending messages, all that the way you're supposed to. Um, and I've implemented the um, platform event system to kind of to do that, and that comes with its own problems. I've also implemented um, 
watching for for other file changes and trying to create a UI that that dynamically just responds real time to other input. Uh, and it's it hasn't been fun. It, the the stuff that I get back from the API changes from for some reason depending on what's being sent. The whole contract of what the message is kind of changes, and I have so much defensive code in there. And so, what now? What kind of API is this you're calling that you feel like is uh, is changing? The, so, one of them is the record change event. So you can you can hook into the event system that says when someone changes this record anywhere in the application mm-hmm. or from another computer from across the world, yep. you'll get a message. Right. And I've noticed that that message system sometimes gives me different results. Sometimes I get duplicate messages. Sometimes I get a insert create message and I'm not sure why or what it is. Like I, I really don't fully understand that whole messaging system and I can't seem to, to draw what the, what I need to know out of the documentation. It's just mm. been a constant trial and error uh, on my part to kind of see what messages I'm getting, what I need to respond to, what can I safely ignore? Okay. So can we just for a second separate like the semantics of the message from the start the structure the contract of the api okay is the i mean is the structure like the the api contract is that is that changing or is it just that the messages you're getting don't seem to be consistent or make sense sometimes i don't think that it's changing it's just that it's it's falling afoul of javascript's json serializer i'm i'm just guessing here that says if it's null, don't don't create a variable, don't put it, don't put that in the string. Uh, okay. Drop the nulls, basically. Yeah. Um, so the message does look different to me on different times, and so I have to be a little bit more defensive about it. I can't just say message dot I don't payload dot I don't know data or something just for lack of an er- of a argument, because sometimes that data is there like on an update, but sometimes but that data is not there on an insert that property. Yeah. So I have to be very defensive about it. Okay. Because it's apparently dropping nulls. Yep. Um, so it's just it's just one of those things that I have to be careful about. Um, but again, it was a trial and error thing. No, nothing in the documentation seemed to explain to me that on an insert, when someone creates a record or when someone does this type of operation on this record, this is the type of message you should expect to see. I mean, you, you get all the properties in field, I think. But even then, there's some, some things that are reserved. Um, I've been working with a lot of different components and there's a lot of things in the documentation that said, you know, reserved for internal use and some of the things that are not, it's just, I don't know. I I guess I'm just in this, this realm where the more advanced I get with lightning, the more advanced I get with, with that tool, with that, um, with all the different APIs that they provide you, the more discouraged I get, because I feel like either I'm not understanding things very well, or I'm not doing enough of my due diligence. Um, Well, I don't even know what what else to say about that. <laughs> I don't know what the or is to that. Yeah, I mean, am I? I, mean, I guess what I'm saying is either I'm not being diligent enough, or I'm really stupid. Well, sometimes multiple things can be true, John. That's true. Like, <laughs> I'm and, kidding. That's true. So I've I've worked with quite a bit with like push topics and um, like change data capture, which mm-hmm. sounds like change it's, data capture. I think that I think that falls in the realm of what update record does. Or yeah, it like seems that. like it. Yeah. I mean, the, there's change data capture is much newer than push topics in the Salesforce world, and and I think, um, uh, yeah, they they work a little bit differently. But the way the message is delivered is is through the same mechanisms. But um, I feel like those are pretty well documented. What you know, what what the events are, what 
what can trigger them and what the contents of them are. I've not had any issues with, uh, you know, getting weird messages that don't make sense or, or the structure. Where, changing, where are you consuming like them though? You're consuming them in. So it's the, it's the Salesforce is streaming. I guess it's the, they call it a streaming it's API. all built on that same technology. It probably is deep down. So the messages yeah. are probably all the same. That, that gets it. That's a perfect example of where the documentation overlaps and where you might be in the LWC documentation for EMP AI, EM API, which is what that library is called. What's it called? It's called oh, EM, EMP. EMP? Yeah. EM, EMP? EM, EMP. I think it's EM API is okay. what the library is called in LGC that you import. Salesforce promulgates like a Java library that I think it kind of wraps some. So what's it? It's the Bayo, Bayo protocol um, that does like the long polling over the web for like, for, for like streaming, mm. um, streaming API stuff. And Salesforce promulgates their own library that kind of wraps that and some, I think some other custom Salesforce stuff. I've, I've actually never used that. I use, um, oh, what do I typically use? So in the Java world, I'll use, um, uh, who is it? It's, well, it's, um, oh, it's the Jetty web client uh, because it has, uh, you can, the, okay, oh, sorry, this sucks. Um, Comet, is it Comet? Their yeah. Java stuff is built on Jetty's web client, which is great because that's kind of like the web client I have most experience with anyway. But that's what I use for Salesforce stuff. But the, I, but I do I have seen that e, I don't know if it's EMAPR or EMP. That's interesting. They use the same. Mm. And maybe I'm crossing the streams. Maybe maybe it is just a JavaScript API. But I swear there's a Java version of it too. They also promulgate like a a Java SOAP client that I think only works with Salesforce. I forget what they call that, but I I mean it works. I've 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 kind of just played with it, but I've never used it in real projects. I'm kind of scared. I don't know what's in it. I don't, I can't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do publish the source code for it, but I'd mm-hmm. rather use something more standard. You keep using that word and I don't know what it means. Which word? Promulgate. Oh, <laughs> I don't oh. look it up. <laughs> what, is, what does it mean? Maybe I'm using it wrong. No, I, you're using it right. I, uh, hold on. I lost it. I just want to make sure it's a word I wasn't supposed to know. But. <laughs> Promulgate. It sounds like a, a scandal. Promote or make widely known. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think that was fairly what I meant. But I, I like those kind of words. Those kind of old words that oh, yeah. I don't use anymore. It is an old word, isn't it? There's there's another one that's pretty. It's like incommoded, commode. It's like to, yeah, incommode, to inconvenience. Sometimes I'm incommode when I. <laughs> <laughs> when you're inconvenienced <laughs> and amiable that's oh. such a good word amiable but yeah. i never i never think to use it amiable yeah yeah how about gregarious gregarious it's similar to amiable a, uh somewhat a gregarious person is someone who is fond of company or sociable oh that's not me at all no it's not you <laughs> what permit i have to beg you to do anything amiable hey i've invited you friendly or pleasant a couple of times now yeah but i mean you're referring to the like the past decade or or you mean to thirsty yeah yeah, yeah you do actually that's you me have, reaching been, out i gotta get credit for that little. i know well half the time though it's like hey i've been i've been sitting here for a couple of hours just letting you know i'm like you could have told me earlier <laughs> it's because i don't it's, it's, i don't like plan to leave the house it's just like well i mean when i do plan it's usually to come here and record but a lot of times i'm just like i need to go somewhere i need to do something and i get there and i'm like oh i should i should let jeremy know i'm here yeah Anyway, 
Well, anyways, popping the stack on all that. I just, it's just the, the deeper I get, the more things I, I run into, you know, in my journey to try to, to do more advanced or write cleaner code, um, use these APIs that are available, try to pr- provide a really nice experience for the users, the harder it gets for me because I'm either running afoul of doc- lack of documentation or gaps in the metadata, um, differences in technology between Apex and LWC, not being able to access certain APIs, not understanding what those APIs do all the time. I mean, it's just, it, the, the learning curve has gotten really big with how big Salesforce has gotten, I guess, is, is the bottom line. And it's all, it's all, and pro- I've been doing this for, it's what, all proprietary. That's the thing. Years. And I, I'm still, I've still successfully avoided all of their current generation front end stuff. I just, I don't want anything to do with it. And I will say, from what I've seen from LWC, it's certainly a lot better than Aura. But I just still, I just don't feel like working in super proprietary. I can't, again, when the documentation doesn't work or when you get GACs or, you know, you can't, you can't go to the logs. You can't look, you can't drill down to the source code or step through stuff because it's closed source. I just don't like working that way. And Well, LWC comparing to aura is, is is a lot better because most of yes. it is based on the the web standard for for web components or it looks a lot like the web components no standard. i mean it I, th- I think originally the first version of lwc looked a lot like the web standards but it seems like more and more as more releases come out it's just web standard web components see i don't think they are i don't think it really is web components i think it is i just think they, they proxy a lot of certain objects they proxy the window and the document definitely um just to provide some some li- some security or some buffer from everything else, but they but n- no, they've moved to the shadow DOM for a lot of these things. So that's sandboxing as well. So again, I think it's just moved as as the web component technology gets more and more standardized, and there's more features added to it. Salesforce has has kind of opened things up to let yeah. the standard handle it versus yeah. doing something proprietary. Yeah, and you know, regardless of whether it's a standard or not, just just the model that the programming model of LWC is just so much better than Aura. Aura was truly not good. And I'll just, that's the nicest way I can say it. Uh, whereas, you know, LWC looks much more pleasant. Like if I, if I did have to get in and do some UI work, I, I would be very happy to be doing it on LWC versus Aura. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think from a, from an architecture perspective and building components, it's, it's a much better technology. I think most of my gripes fall under the, the camp of, accessing APIs and data and just trying to manage that in, yeah. a, in, a, in a proper way, I guess, or an efficient way. Um, I have, I have had cases where I've used um, just built in APIs like get record and my app is really slow. Mm. I'll switch those out with non-cached calls to an apex controller to get the data. Things speeds up like crazy. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really know, you know what the right way to build a performant app and, and lightning is because if I do everything to the letter, I feel like I get a slow app, but if I get creative and use combinations of apex controllers and some of the internal APIs to do things, I get a somewhat decent app. So can you, um, you should be able to look at, so Chrome's got some great tracing tools. I mean, it's a combination of like that whole, the network waterfall thing, but also it's mm-hmm. got other, it's got some pretty cool tracing tools that you can really isolate. It, I mean, once it hits the back end, it's kind of a, it's a, again, because we don't have access to that stuff. It's a black box. You can't mm-hmm. really see what's happening, but at least everything 
on the client side, you can see whether is it is it load time, is it render time, is it you know where am I waiting on the server versus other stuff, you know. Yeah. If you really wanted to dig into it, you I don't know. I mean, I've tried to look at some of those, but the we're, Salesforce is also rendering things on the client, so everything's rendering, and it's just yeah, the, it's just a firehose mode. It is as soon as you click refresh, mm-hmm. a firehose happens, and all of the Salesforce stuff is rendering, and all your stuff is rendering, and all the other vendor components are rendering. It's just well, didn't we have an episode called Spinners Everywhere? Because <laughs> Actually, I've seen less spinners. <laughs> I've seen more just blank screens. I don't know if it's not working and less spinners. Maybe, I want to go back to spinners. Yeah, back to spinners. Yeah. Well, let's see. I have we have some, I guess, audio stuff that we could do. Um, we got the Matthew McConaughey thing, which is I think short enough that's playable. Yeah. And then I also have a, just a couple of silly things clipped. Let's see. Let me try the McConaughey thing. Um, this is the actual ad, I think. Space. Super Bowl ad. The boundary of human achievement. The new frontier. <laughs> that is loud. Mm. Okay, I like how this is so weird because it's so regressive. Oh, Space, I, oh, you know, the and it's like, then it's like, eh. But that's McConaughey. He's he's got the no no no. That, it's Salesforce's message. That's their message now. Is yeah. I, no, I think that's his style of delivery. I mean, I know I get that that's his message, but the personality that's being put on display here is McConaughey, which I I like. I like. No, his, I, I think he's a great. Like he's a good actor for that. Yeah, he's for that message, but that's not his message. This is coming from Salesforce, and it's it's just interesting because it's a commentary on some of the other tech companies that are their peers there on the on the West Coast. It's not time to escape. It's time to engage. It's time to plant more trees. I do like this version of the song. It's time to build more trust. More trust. Time to make more space for all of us. So while the others look to the metaverse and Mars, let's stay here and restore ours. Yeah, it's time to blaze our trail. Because the new frontier, (laughs) it ain't rocket science. Right here. I do like that song. I do too. Yeah. It's a nice little rendition of it. So he's wearing it. Switch your intro to it. Yeah. Just get rid of it and swap it out. I'm sure that doesn't pose any <laughs> copyright problems. But at the end of it, he's wearing the spacesuit. But instead of but it, the logo on the spacesuit is it's got a Salesforce, the blue poo, and it's got mm. um, te- it says Team Earth. So that's that's Salesforce thing now. Team Earth. Of course. What? What are you against the Earth? Exactly. How can you be? It's impossible. I know. Funny thing is, is, is um, it's there's a bit of a ego when you say save the planet, save the Earth, because what you're really trying to say is save save the environment that we live in, so we can continue to live in it. Yep. The Earth will exist if we even if we blow ourselves to kingdom come, it'll exist in some fashion because it's it's happened before in 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 history. There's been great extinction events, and the Earth has been um kind. For habit, habit, uh, for kind to life and unkind to life, in different points of its history. Yeah, what we're really saying is, let's save ourselves when we say this. But that's just my philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. The trees um, don't need us. The birds don't need us. Yeah. What was it? The, so they, they would be better off without us. So there was a, a dig on the metaverse. That was Facebook. A dig on Mars. That would be that would be um, SpaceX. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And of course, Benny has been ranting on Facebook for forever. I actually have a, that's a, that's a good segue. Uh, but ah, boy, I don't name things well. Let's, let me try this. But when it comes to media really just digging in and doing actual investigative journalism, they've turned their attention to Facebook. Now, I have to warn, I may have clipped this and played this before. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't, you don't think so? Okay. Maybe not. They set up a group of 30 journalists who are all sharing documents that have been leaked to go through it, and each different publication is running with their different threads, just like the Snowden docs. When Edward Snowden started releasing documents, first through Glenn Greenwald and through um, The Guardian, then they started divvying it out to the different news organizations, and they created this group. And the, they've done the same thing here. There is a there is a coalition, an actual formed coalition, a, a actual documented formed coalition of journalists who are all focused on exposing Facebook now. And there's about thirty of them. Now, the reason I th- that this gave me so much deja vu is because I have talked about that before and i don't know if i did it on the show or not mm-hmm. but how the reason i mean and don't get me wrong i'm never going to defend facebook they're a truly despicable terrible company <laughs> and yet you use them uh not really um in fact i mean i still have an account but i use it so minimally but as minimally as i can mm-hmm. because i do uh, they're such a distasteful company i don't know you seem to know what i have for dinner more than i do <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my wife uses it. Yeah. I know, I know. No, I know what your dog's doing all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, but the reason that they're being just singled out so much, I mean, it's not like Facebook is the only, there's a lot of plenty of terrible companies that people could be exposing, analyzing, reporting on. But they're getting all this focus from all the media companies because Facebook is is more directly taking money out of the pockets from all these news organizations and media companies than anyone else because Salesforce's Salesforce. Wow. Facebook's ad, uh, ad revenue has just, just gigantic and their, their advertising has been so successful, but it's come at the expense of traditional media companies, which is why they've all turned their news divisions against Facebook. Yeah. And they work for all these different outlets and we got email into the show saying I'm totally wrong on this, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And I don't care what people think. I am convinced they're going after Facebook right now because Facebook is competing for ad dollars. They are a media platform that is directly competing for ad dollars. Google absolutely competes for ad dollars, but it isn't a medium like television. I think the TV people and the, the, the papers, they see Facebook as a competitor directly, whereas they see Google as somebody that they can probably make a little money off of down the road. They're going to make money off of Google News. They're, you know, they can use AdSense. Like it's a platform they could take advantage of. Google's day is coming, but Facebook is more a direct competitor to what these news organizations do. And so you're, you're seeing what happens when journalists actually do their job and they actually like invest quote. Because all this has been out there going on for years at Google, just like all the docs we've seen come out about Apple with their with their recent legal cases. Mm-hmm. That's all been out there for journalists to go uncover. But they all have friendly journalists. They all have, you know, lapdog journalists that, you know, they they basically don't have to worry about it. Facebook doesn't have that privilege. But when it comes to. Yep. That was it. 
And that requires... You can't apps... Oops, not that one. Hang on. I oh, know I'm not good at this. I'm... I'm uh, I can't spell either. <laughs> Come on. Ready? Yeah. Keep in mind, these aren't real journalists, Richard. They're tech journalists. I think I could have gotten that one quicker than you. It's probably so. <laughs> I got too many windows. I've, I've put it in so many montages. I don't have the right tools, but anyway, interesting, huh? Well, I mean, social media, it, it, and, and what's made it popular is just that direct access to people for, for, for better or for worse. And the media has uh, of late kind of always been about controlling the messaging, controlling what, what you see and what you hear. And because you, you're able to get a different viewpoint from social media because you're interact or, you know, I mean, it's still in virtual interaction, uh, which to me isn't a true interaction, but putting that aside, I mean, you're able to consume and get information, different ideas from, from people who, who aren't trying to control a single message. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally true. It's, it's really a, that's a separate, that's a separate point altogether though, really. Then, then, you know, Facebook has pissed off all the, all the, yeah, me, all the, all the, all the traditional is. media companies. Facebook but, is what it is because of the number of users it has. It's reach. Uh, yeah, in exactly. the same way that in the same way that that Joe Rogan is is a threat to media is not because of what he says or what he does is because of his reach. Yeah, and when Joe Rogan gets... wasn't pulling <laughs> three million a day, 11. no one gave a crap. It's eleven. It's eleven, which is no literally like a crap. That's like eleven times bigger than any TV news show, basically, except maybe Tucker Carlson. Right, and no one cares what we say. Yeah, we don't have a million downloads a day. Um, it, it, it it's because of that reach that they become a threat. Yeah. God, could you imagine if our show actually got popular? I mean, can you imagine the stuff that they would go back through and find, like, every time we said something dumb, which is... Oh, we, we did cancel it immediately. <laughs> oh, yes. So no one do that. <laughs> <laughs> no one makes us popular. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Marker. <laughs> Just need, need to be able to... Do some editing. <laughs> yeah. Got to stay the hole in the wall podcast, I guess. Let's see. Uh, I have some other... I might as well look at some other things I clipped. I, 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 think I've told, I think I've mentioned this before. I'm so bad at this. But when I... And these are all podcasts I listen to, just random. And that last one was um, Coder Radio, uh, mm. which whatever. Um, but every time I, you know, I am listening to something, regardless, and I have got a, I have a clip from um, Uncommon Knowledge here in a minute, I think. So ran, just random stuff. I listen to all kinds of random stuff. But whenever something's interesting, I'm like, oh, I want to clip that. I screenshot my podcast player where that is because it has the time code and the mm. name of the episode. And then later, the idea is I go through my photos and find all those screenshots, <laughs> and then I go download those episodes and then clip out. There's easier ways to do it. Actually, the problem, like um, these think, podcast apps, have clipping capabilities. Yeah. But when I'm driving my car, I can't do that. Oh. I can't take a screenshot though. And it's going to get Siri on it. Can't you get create a shortcut or something? I with know. Siri? I yeah, know. someone worked that out for me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not technical enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> You need a coder for that? So these are just completely random, but I, let's see. Okay, now I just need to download a CSV file so that I can <laughs> open this up in Excel and do the real yep. work. Yep. And it is just like, yeah, every time, every time. It's one, always... you, need, you need export data, and really, 
Can I just have this in a spreadsheet? Absolutely. That's, that's what I want. I, Mature yeah. websites have, when they say like download to Microsoft Excel format, you're just like, they get it. These are my people. <laughs> Isn't that true, it's, though? It's, yeah, about it's every CSV, app. CSV all the way. Like yeah. every, especially all the business app. It's just, you got to, there's no getting even, even when a client asks, you know, I want this export in Excel, I'm like, it'll, I'll, I'll flag it as CSV and just, when it opens, it'll ask you if you want to open in Excel. And that's, I will say like, you know, we, cause I've worked with lots of, uh, these different tech consultants and stuff for so long, but the ones who get it, you know, cause you know, Salesforce and a lot of these, I guess, SaaS companies, tech companies, they're like, you know, they like to, they like to dog on Excel. Like, ah, oh, you, you use Excel, you run your business on Excel, you dummy. <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> right. You hear yeah. that. And the truth is, yeah, you should use, I mean, for like your, all your business data and stuff. You should use apps that have security and, you know, safe transactions and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Excel still isn't a great tool to dump the resulting data out of and do some analysis on. Yeah. Or do other things with. Yeah. So a good consultant or a good AE or anyone who talks about this kind of stuff, ha- there's some room for subtlety there. If, you, if all you know how to do is dog Excel, then you probably don't know very much what you're talking about. Well, I think the bigger point there is is the fact that it, it CSV is just a such a raw, simple format. It's, and it's it is the portable. most universal format in the world. Yeah, it's extremely portable. And like, and there's been so many things, parquet files, and all these different and and all, uh, more recent things that are specifically designed to with the intention of overtaking CSV. And they mm-hmm. and they've got lots of benefits to them, without a doubt. Right, but they just can't overcome the the momentum of CSV. They never get, not, they not never the get momentum, the simplicity of it. Yeah. Because anytime you try to augment it to try to make it better, you're adding complexity. You're adding a, a decision point yeah. in, in whatever reader needs to consume that data. Yeah. It's like, it's like USB-A. It's just not going anywhere. I mean, even JSON has gotten pretty popular, but as, as a data format, as a, to, to compete with CSV, I just, I can't, I don't like it. Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's more, well, it's, it's more verbose and. Well, I mean, there's, there's, the, there's, it's also not flat. I mean, you're right. It's not flat. Yeah. It's just that, that hierarchy of it kind of makes it really difficult to. Although I said USBA is not going anywhere, but I saw, um, a car the other day. I forget whose it was. A friend of mine had a new car and it's all the ports are USB-C in the car. Oh yeah. They're going there. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I just like, I just bought, um, ordered some chairs, theater chairs for my house. Mm-hmm. And it's got ports on it, but they're all still USB-A. Yeah. It's kind of a sucky time because we're kind of in between that. It is. Especially when you're buying something like that, that, you know, you're probably going to keep for 20 years. I don't want to replace theater chairs in, in t- 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 two years. They're expensive. Yeah. They'll end up with dongles everywhere. I know. Oh, yeah. Those will, they'll have little dongles in them. Yeah. They make them, they're pretty low profile nowadays. Decently low profile. The yeah. little, but still, it's a pain. Okay. Here we go. Here's another random. It was summed up by uh, Klaus Schwab, the, the architect of Davos. Remember him? Right. Good old Klaus, Klaus Schwab. I read <laughs> some of his books. I need to clip And that. he wrote a book, The Great Reset. And if we could just get all of the elites together, a Bill Gates on one side of the table, a oh, John Kerry, the elites together. This is, by the way, this is an Ask John. 
And if we could just get all of the elites together, a Bill Gates on one side of the table, a John Kerry, and we can get them all here, and then we can decide that there should be an international tax code, which they're going to which decide. They, they yes. did. And then we'll get rid of that Ireland undercutting everybody to get investment, and we're going to get together. We'll have diversity. We'll set quotas for diversity. We're, we're going to run things. Okay. What, is, what was wrong with that clip? I don't know. That's too open-ended of a question. <laughs> what was missing from that clip? Reset. And if we could just get all of the elites together, a Bill Gates on one side of the table, a John Kerry, and we can... They're missing the, the most important um, World Economic Forum member. Oh, they're missing Benny on. <laughs> Isn't he the chairman or something? Yeah. <laughs> I know he's on the board. <laughs> well, that's old. Why does Benioff still get left out of this stuff? Hey, I feel like he still gets left out of the conversation. He's just, he's like, he's so close to being like an A-lister. He's yeah. trying so hard. He is trying really hard. <laughs> the problem is no one knows what Salesforce does, like in the real world of normal people. Like people, they've heard of Salesforce, right? But no one really knows what it does. And so it's, it's just, whereas like Tesla, like everyone knows that it's cars. And so Musk is more kind of like a, a, a household name. Uh, he's it's more than just cars though he's i agree i'm saying but like everybody knows tesla because of cars and they see their cars and so it's it's very it's tangible whereas the salesforce people are like what is what is salesforce every once in a while there's someone to ask you like if you say that you work with salesforce or something they're like oh yeah salesforce what is that i heard of that i don't know what that does and you try to explain it then you're like oh wait a minute i have there's no way i can explain what salesforce does yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to people maybe i need to work on my salesforce elevator pitch <laughs> But didn't someone do that kind of in, in San Francisco ask what Salesforce was and they kind of had that same reaction? Like maybe 70% of them just really kind of heard of it, but didn't really know what they did. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Some like a man on the street thing. Yeah. Okay. I have another ask John. You ready? Okay. Okay. Listen, listen good. They're going to tone down the AI stuff. They're going to tone down the, the, you know, the, the esoteric things and they're just going to be like business value here. We're going to drive that business value and they're going to be more onboarding programs, migration programs. On- Let me stop it right there. Do you think, who do you think we're talking about? We're going to tone down the AI and go back to basics. Well, not Salesforce. No. <laughs> A UN. Premises stuff, but at the end of the day, that's kind of boring, you know, mm. but that's our bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about AWS. Yeah. I thought I might be able to trick you with that though. No, yeah. Salesforce is trying to Build an NFT platform. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Although, don't, don't they just have to tack that onto the uh, blockchain platform? They should. Yeah. Salesforce blockchain, just, right? Yeah. They just need to. Hey, who? Does that still exist? Branded NFT or something. <laughs> do you, do you use that? In. Do you use uh, Salesforce blockchain? No. No? No. I don't use blockchain at all. Do you, I, I thought you might use it along with um, the. Uh, with Sales, my LWC with components lock, that I've been struggling with? No, along with your database.com service that you use and some of that other stuff i use it for my backup <laughs> system what you're the blockchain yeah just oh. all my data just stick it in the blockchain okay i have one final clip I'm not but when it comes to media oh we did that one maybe i'm done i think i'm done okay um let's talk about the uh the blockchain thing did we did we get an article on that let's see well there's an article on there on the NFT, you're working on the NFT cloud service. Okay, Sales, Salesforce CEO, CEOs, sorry, 
spoke about the company's vision for an, vision for an NFT cloud service. It's got to be a cloud. Of course. Cloud or go home. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, a discussion came up during an online sales kickoff. What is that, John? It just means they got to they got to talk about the new shiny for the investors so they can keep growing. A director of market strategy at Salesforce predicted in a December blog post that 2022 would be a big year for NFTs. For scammers. I, I feel like it's already gone bust. I think there's, it's all in how you use it. So blockchain could be valuable to certain industries, depending on how you use it. NFT can be valuable to certain industries and even consumers depending on how you use it. But right now it's a scammer's cash grab to yes. create some image and pump and dump once, once people buy your, your, your little NFT. And like, I guess people didn't realize that like you, there can be some famous, I mean, it, people always talk about like the, an image. Cause I think that's, again, that's something tangible. People can kind of understand is like, okay, so you have an image of something and you can sell that to someone like you can in some, but, but people, I think are finally starting to understand is like, I can make an NFT for that image and sell that to someone, but you can make an NFT for that same image and sell that to someone. <laughs> and like, what's there's not a, it's not like there's it's, some blockchain that's preventing like duplicates of these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a muddy water. I tried to understand it and I still don't understand it, but apparently like, I feel on, like, I feel on, like I'm not understanding something, but I don't know what it is. I'm like, what, why, why am I not getting this? Why? So, uh, what's what's that guy's name? There's a there's a guy you turned me on to. He's like a really nerdy guy. Talks tech all the time. I don't remember who he, what he is. V Veens or Veers or something with a V? Huh? Sam V or something or Sam something? I don't remember. Anyways, okay. The the easiest way to explain to me was that, um, just like a painting, you can have a painting and you can you can own that painting and you can sell that painting. But the copyright of that painting is the original artist. So with an NFT, unless they sell the copyright, unless they, they sell can, the copyright, right. so the NFT works the same way. You have it, it. Basically, gives you ownership of that digital asset, and you can you can buy and trade and sell that asset. But you may or may not own the copyright, which means you can't enforce um, the copyright law against it unless you have the copyright. Okay, so here's what I, I just thought the other day to myself that I don't understand what's happening here. So sure, and we have all kinds of laws to protect copyright. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only reason why it's enforceable and why things like copyright can can be valuable to sell, like your rights to something. Right. It's because we have yeah. all kinds of laws around that. We have no idea. We have first of all, we have no laws for NFTs. We have no idea how the courts are going to handle NFTs. We don't know how they're going to handle. So it. you can say but people are banking on them piggybacking you, off a of copyright law. As the original creator owning that copyright and whether or not they choose to, to transfer that copyright when you buy the NFT yeah. or if they're essentially licensing you a copy. I just still think we don't know how the courts are going to handle this. And so this just the speculation is insane. Um, and like you said, yes, they're all these are all like total grifters that are getting in and yeah. and trying to scam people on this. But the idea but, but it still is doesn't like solve a, the duplicate problem, does it? Does it like. Again, the duplicate problem would be solved by copyright law, assuming that you own the copyright to that image. And if someone's redistributing it and trying to resell it, then you do have a – you technically could take them to court. So so then what is NFT doing that our legal system doesn't already do? I I don't know. I think it creates a blockchain ledger of transfer of ownership. So it kind of – it gives you that that 
certificate that says this is mine. Yeah. I know you made a copy of it, but bit for bit, it's could, exactly I, like the one I have, and yeah. it's mine. Okay. So it really so does it only make sense for digital goods then? That's that's the only reason it exists is okay. for digital goods. So in the new world of the metaverse <laughs> where everything is virtual and you want some sense of ownership and you want to build an economy around the things that you own from a digital perspective. That's where NFTs, NFTs come in. So when you're bouncing around your metaverse and you create something and you want to tran- you want to hang someone's poster up on your wall, you go buy the NFT for that and you hang it up in your wall. Um, obviously, that's an oversimplification and there's a lot of different ways to use it. There's people even speculating that you'll, your digital uh, ticket to a concert would be an NFT or something. I mean, there's, there's all these weird ideas about how they could use them. Um, but I feel like they're, they're reaches. You know, I feel like they're just trying to invent something just to try to make it work. I think Salesforce is just like, oh, this is we we keep needing growth. Here's a here's a maybe here's another way we can get because listen to this. This is again someone who was speak who is went to this event but was speaking uh, anonymously because it was supposed to be a private event. But it says Salesforce, which uh, provides cloud based software for sales reps. There you go. There's a there's our elevator pitch. Oh, it's cloud based software for sales reps. That's what Salesforce is. But that's such a reductive description of Salesforce. That's the problem with that, right? Yeah, because that doesn't at all describe like I feel like what we do in our business at all. Like right. this just has no applicability. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But then again, we're we're using CRM business software for schools. I mean, that's just weird, isn't it? I yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> okay. Um, Salesforce wants to offer a service for artists to create content and release it onto a marketplace like OpenSea. Right? OpenSea is like the big mark. It's like the marketplace everyone's using for these. Last month, OpenSea said it raised $300 million at a $13.3 billion valuation on the back of a surge in NFT trading. So I just think Salesforce wants in on the grift. Those, well, are, those are big numbers, man. Yeah, but I, I think more, more than that, I think what Salesforce has always done since, it's, since way back when is when there's a new hype around a certain technology, they will provide a solution for that um, in the hopes that, that they don't miss the boat on it, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so when social media was a big thing, chatter, um, when um, IOT was a thing, Thundercloud, Thundercloud, uh, when Bitcoin was a thing, blockchain, blockchain, yeah. and now NFTs. But I, I want know. I want to clarify. Bitcoin's still very much a thing. I need it to be I need it to be a thing because it's the only it's well it's not the only, but I have more of my crypto portfolio in Bitcoin <laughs> than anything else. I kind of need it to fail because I kind of I kind of missed the boat on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you want everyone else to fail. <laughs> just so just so I could be right that, yeah. it was, that it was a failure, but no. I had so many I had so many points in my life. I you remember when Amazon was like what was gonna give I think they you could buy products with bitcoin way back when but they would also give you credit as bitcoin so you could like instead amazon did i think it was amazon oh wow i never never knew that yeah for a short time that you could buy stuff but i think you could also get like refunds like whenever you got a refund i think they would give it to you like in bitcoin that's really interesting to me uh, bitcoin also is just a great way to launder money i think that's what (laughs) most of its usage is for i've watched enough ozark to to, i I get keyed in on this pretty quickly i can i can sniff out a money laundering operation a mile away which is weird that it's a money laundering thing because it's got such a strong ledger you can see where it goes and you can and most people and i think the wallets are public like the the ledger and the wallets are public once you know what the wallet id is or something yeah yeah you can go and look it up 
Um, this is an interesting little spin. I didn't think about this, but I just saw this in this article. Same one. Salesforce's interest in this space shouldn't come as a surprise. Time Magazine, which is owned by Benioff and his wife, Lynn, recently introduced Time Pieces, a digital collectible that gives owners access to magazine content and events. Oh, they're going to have NFTs for Time Time Magazine covers. Well, what is the big thing Time does every year? Person person of the year? Mm-hmm. Um, if the NBA is doing, what, what do they call them, moments? or They could sell the person of the year, like cover or issue, what, whatever what it is, is for a lot of money. What is the NBA's NFT? I don't even it's know. Like, it's moments or something like that. I don't know. Basically, you, it's like a gif of a certain... A what? Yeah. It's peanut butter? Gif. Oh, okay. Oh, I know what you mean now. <laughs> uh, what are they called? Is it Top Shot? No. Anyways. Ooh, it went dead there. What happened? I don't know. What went dead? We just stopped talking. We did. I know. We're, but we're both just like, okay, this is the point of the show where both John and I just start looking at the web and not stop talking to each other. Like we forgot where we kind of for a second forgot we were recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, people are listening to us on smart speed. Oh, yeah, so it cuts it. Yeah, out. yeah. Have you um, heard of of atomic CSS? Yeah. What do you? What is your take on it? I don't know enough about it. Uh, it essentially gets rid of. Well, it doesn't get rid of CSS, but it it prevents you from having to create a CSS. So essentially, all of your which would be CSS uh, classes or what do we call them? Markup. Um. It, Whatever your CSS style rules, selectors rules. and rules. rules and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you use a certain syntax in your in the class attribute of your HTML file. Okay. So in other words, all your styling and all your HTML and all your markup is in that single file. Yep. And what Atomic CSS will do is you'll just like SAS or anything, you would render that page, and it would create the CSS file for you. And the idea being that that you wouldn't have any dead CSS tags or anything like that. Just whatever's in there will get compiled and used and it'll make your CSS much more efficient and clean and all that kind of stuff. And you wouldn't have to switch between HTML and CSS for styling. You would just kind of do everything in line from that one file. Um, so is that like, have you heard of CSS in JS? No, that's a big thing. Is it? Yeah. That's where you just define it all in JavaScript and you know, you have some runtime thing. That, yeah. I mean, it's got Ew. some cool benefits. It's got a runtime, it unpacks it into actual CSS and stuff. It's kind of compiled or, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Is that for React since React kind of um, does? I don't think it's tied to any particular, like, mm. um, what's the what's the CSS library that really tailwind? Mm. That's, it's just such, wow. It's um, like the opposite of things like BIM and some of these other, I guess, philosophies or yeah, whatever. I, look at that again. I know I looked it up at one point because um, I try to keep you just create. It's all just like utility classes. You just, and you're like, instead of just, I mean, yeah, all your HTML elements that just, you know, if you want a, yeah. a gray box with a black border, yeah. it's just, you know, you tag it with like gray box. Yeah, black it's kind of like a, just a public open design system. And it's just, it's all, you, you just bring in all these utility classes. You don't, yeah. you don't create custom like big, all-encompassing styles for like your dialogues and your i mean i guess you can but i don't know i've never used it it's just gotten super popular and it's just it's funny how we've gone back to that yeah it is the pendulum has swung all the way back yeah i mean i get the case for wanting to have a separation concerns and i kind of feel that way too um i like design systems because i kind of get that kind of tailwind experience which is 
I just tell it I want a box that's medium, large, or small. Or I want a font that's medium, large, or small. And I expect the design system to, to handle that. Well, John, um, we have uh, one of your f- favorite Salesforce initiatives seems to be coming to fruition. Trees? Salesforce opens its ranch in the California Redwoods oh, the for employees to connect in person. Is that where they have that 5,000 executive meeting or something? I don't know. On Twitter? I mean, this looks pretty sweet. I wonder if it has a chocolate river, though. I, I bet it, it doesn't. I bet it doesn't. Uh. Not yet, anyways. Salesforce is luring its employees away from Zoom and back to in-person. Don't they mean away from Slack? Uh, back to in-person meetings with an alluring workspace. A tranquil resort-like ranch with an infinite edge hot ooh, hot tub parties. Where's the ranch? Uh, you want to go now, don't you? Um, it is in Scotts Valley. Well, no, 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 no. Um, and that's the, a partnership with 1440 Multiversity in Scotts Valley, where it will. Hmm, okay. Maybe Where's Scotts Valley? Oh, I'm going to look that up. Is it in the States? Yeah, it's somewhere in California. Um, oh, it's in California. It is, oh, it's just north of Santa Cruz. Interesting. Hmm. Well, that's kind of fun to get to. You got to cross, you got to drive over the Santa Cruz mountains. Um, well, there's no which commuting. Is, which I've done you that. You just have to live there, don't you? No, I think you commute. I don't know. Maybe it is like a weird compound. Don't drink, don't drink the Kool-Aid, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I just, we know I y'all. We know you guys like that Salesforce Kool Aid, but I, I think if I was out on the ranch, I'd probably avoid the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's good to see that that they're trying to get people back together. I I think that's that's important and it's healthy. As as much of a hermit as I am, I have to acknowledge that we are social beings, and the only reason I'm able to be a hermit, the hermit that I am, is because I have a family that I enjoy being around. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if I was just single and alone, I'd probably I would. I've I've been singing alone. <laughs> I'd want to go out and interact with people. Yeah. Um, Not this 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 virtual working from home, living at home, staying at home twenty four seven is just not healthy for human beings. No, it's not at all. People need to you need and all, here's the other thing. Like everyone, get outside, get some sun. You got to get sun. It's so important for health. I mean, that's one thing. Just that's really been highlighted if you read, read the actual um, scientific studies is that mm-hmm. vitamin D is just such a huge help. It's good for your health. It's good for your immune system. It's good for your sleep. You need to get sun. It's misinformation. It's and fake news. Also, Jeremy, I know I was going to give some. This is not medical advice. So talk to your doctor. But take vitamin D, especially in the summer, or if you're in a northern climb, take vitamin D. It's probably the most important thing you can do for your health. At least, well, not really. I don't know everyone's health situation, and this is not medical advice. Talk to your doctor. Yeah. Did I already say that? Yes. <laughs> No, I, I think getting out in the sunshine is, is big. Breathing the outside air, taking a break away from the screen. I mean, it's not just our biological, it's our vision as well. I mean, we're staring inside under artificial lights with artificial screens. and Yeah. I bought some new readers. They're, they're not in yet. But the like, I got man. these cheap, shitty ones on Amazon. And I'm like, well, I do like the magnification because I'm getting older. But the lenses seem real reflective and kind of foggy and whatever so hmm. anyway i bought some new ones online and i got them in but i didn't realize when i ordered them that i ordered they were like their kid frames and so they didn't even fit on my face but <laughs> i'd look through the lenses i'm like wow these are i mean because they were like 30 dollar glasses instead of like two dollar glasses i'm like these lenses are great yeah. and so i 
quickly got online and ordered a pair that will hopefully fit actually fit my face. But they've got the um, they've got the the blue light blocking. But they're not weirdly yellow. They're not the weird yellow looking glasses. Yeah, yeah. My, mine. They're just clear. minor prescription, but they're essentially just glorified readers. But okay. they have the blue blue light blocking yeah. and everything. So and I do gonna... enjoy them. I mean, I I I am amazed at how bad my eyes get in low light mm. and close up. Yeah, it's just it's so blurry. Do you um, have any nearsightedness? Like you said, that was a prescription. Do you have like an? Is it like a little bit of a negative prescription number? I don't think so. You don't? Okay. No. In fact, I've always had really good vision. I just had really bad posture. So you would see me kind of leaning towards the screen, but oh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. because I couldn't see. It's just because my spine would end up that way. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Actually, my glasses should be here on Monday. I'm excited about that. I know we're everywhere at that, but it's so nice that. It's so nice that, that the, the internet has, as much as I hate that platform. <laughs> is able to no, you hit the web that's different that's true is able to bring the consumer closer to more options because glass frames as an industry is a freaking scam the fact that twenty dollar that that a piece of plastic frame lenses because it has a certain someone's logo on it is two to five hundred dollars is insane yeah it is i mean now i can order uh, they'll just ship me ten different types of frames. You try them on, you ship them back, and you just pay for the lens for the for the prescription lens, and that's it. Yeah, it just made that much more affordable. Yep. Well, John, we probably should wrap up. I actually had one other thing, but I think we'll hold it over. Which which actually means it is going to die. We'll never talk about it. It was interesting though, um, but I'm gonna save it. You really gonna save it? Yep. Okay. Well, that was good. We should uh, we should do this more often. But as for now, we're the Good Day Sir podcast, quarterly, uh, your quarterly podcast that talks about random stuff. Don't say that. I want to get at least above six because that was the predicted count we do this year. Six episodes? Yeah. In 2022? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's once, that's, that's once every month. Yeah. Actually, the prediction was less than every six. Every other so month. We got to beat six mm-hmm. just, to, just to beat that prediction. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, appreciate still this uh, community that uh, meets in Slack. I think um, I think people should join that, John, who haven't joined it already. We are Don't still you? out of practice. I know. I'm just saying. I, you know, if you're not in our Slack yet, you should you should come join it. It's at uh, Good Day Sir Podcast. Or sorry, www.gooddaysirpodcast.com, and just click on community, and you can join the Slack there. And we have an email address where you can send us questions or concerns or prayer requests. Um, also, sticker requests. We have lots of stickers, so please, people. The the prayer request is for the sticker request because you got to pray that I'll that, actually that he'll actually send them yeah. to you. <laughs> and and we actually we need some prayer requests for this because I still think I have like three or four people I owe stickers. I have on stickers too for a long time. I just I need some more because I need my guilt to be higher, and so I need at least like 10 backlogged requests before I'm like, Oh, I got it. I got to send these out. And right now it's been like the same three that are just sitting there for what is, a while. What is it? You got to, you got to fill the buffer before you can, you can read out, <laughs> read it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I haven't hit my batch size yet. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, just pad the buffer and then there you go. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> that doesn't work. That does that. This is this is where the, the metaphor breaks down, John. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, have lots of stickers. So if you'd like stickers, these are excellent three-inch Good Day Sir podcast stickers. Now, if you already have them plastered all over your laptop, I recommend getting more. And like when you go to your favorite bar or whatever, wherever, or just the side and you walk by over that has stickers all over, just stick the stick stick a sticker on. It'd be cool to get a picture too. You walk around anywhere around here, you're going to see Good Day Sir stickers. I promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> There's two places in, well, I don't know. I did, I did two in San Francisco, so I don't know if anyone's found I those. bet they're still there. Did you know that, um, what's our favorite bar there? Um, the the Danish guys. Uh, oh, come on. It, oh, it's a back open again. They closed like a year ago, but they're back open. Oh. Uh, McKellar. McKellar. Or Mikkeller, yeah. depending on how you pronounce things. Weren't they on the, they're in the Tenderloin, right? Yeah, like right. This is like, like right off a of market. Or something. It's not a. It's they're not in a great area. Yeah, but they're right on the border. So yeah. if you walk from one direction, you're kind of safe. But if you walk from the other direction, you're probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's more, um, it's more like play. What, what is that game where you skip the blocks? You throw the rock and then you have to skip that block. Oh, I don't Hops, know. Top, hopscotch? hopscotch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got to play hopscotch in the San Francisco streets. You kind of do. You got to avoid. Various objects. Yes. <laughs> all right, John. That's all I got. Oh, and to that I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Jeremy was right. And when you say CRM, you're showing your age. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. He has no idea. <laughs>